0: Reasons that real estate agents are not successful in real estate comes down to three things and three things only. One, they don't know the sales process well enough. They don't know how to close deals. Number two, they're not providing, producing enough top lead funnel growth. Number three,
1: Welcome to Let's Talk Real. We are here with Brandt Levine, the director of account management at KV Core um, and new now with the merger of uh, Taking Over Boontown. I think you've got, what, like 500,000 accounts now? So, like, yeah. Yeah, half a million accounts. Yeah. So, uh, big ball in here in the, in the, in the tech, the CRM, real. Thing. I do about all that, but... All right. But tell, yeah. tell, tell us a little bit about what you do at, at KV Core.
0: So, I'm the director of account management. Uh, what that means is accounts that have signed up, uh, they get an account manager. That falls under my jurisdiction. We make sure that they're on the pathway to success, and they're not only leveraging the tool uh, to the best of their abilities, but we help them uh, learn what other top producers are doing and how they leverage their business better so they can see more success in real estate. And that's really what it all comes down to.
1: All right. And and so before, I mean, you know, I think anyone that's in the real estate space knows who KB Core is and, and, and knows who Boomtown is. What And now that they're together, you know, tell us a little bit about, if you can, you know, what you know, at least. Yeah. Some of the advantages of now of having kind of getting two for one.
0: I mean, it's two of arguably the biggest players in the game, right? And, and we just joined forces. Inevitably, that's gonna look like something much more remarkable than what we see t- today, which is already remarkable, but you're gonna... It's gonna give agents and teams and brokers powers that they never had before and give them a real competitive advantage uh, over what other folks are using. So it's really exciting to see how it takes um, hold of the real estate community, see what comes up, see how teams and agents react to this news, because it's all going to be positive for them at the outset.
1: All right, and we're here in in New York City. Yeah, right, my hometown, your hometown. Tell us a little bit. You weren't, I mean, obviously, you weren't um, always in at KV Core. No, you know, what's your what's your background? Because we met, we we met yeah. like six years ago, five, six, seven years ago, some. Something like that,
0: yeah. So my my background, I mean, it's it's one of those rows from uh, outset to director that wasn't so clear cut. Um, I grew up in a, in a lower middle income household. I grew up pretty unremarkable. Uh, I always like to sprinkle that in. Uh, parents doing the best they could with what they had, and I mean, kind of the, the 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 launching pad or the top that you could be was a government worker in my household. That's that was the pinnacle of success. You worked for the government you worked for 20 25 years got a pension and retired get your watch and get your watch and that's a, i mean and that's not unique
1: to your upbringing i mean that's a yeah. way that that's the way that a lot of you know i'd say maybe our parents generation i was agree w- was was raised and that's the way that they
0: they would teach
1: right you know that
0: and that's what i did i'm not like right when, when i graduated college i worked for the government for a bunch of years and that was the start from there i was pretty unimpressed by uh how the levels of getting promoted worked. It was put in your time, put in your years, you make more money. And that was it. How hard you worked had nothing to do with it. And as, as, a, as a person that is interested in the American dream, that believes in capitalism, I said, wait, that doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. So I decided to take it upon myself to uh, launch a business with a friend where we were going to interrupt the uh, staging and lighting world. Okay. And we, we went into the uh, fine world of entertainment, where we were providing the sound and um, lighting and staging for events and event space. Okay, so something like this. Something like this, on a much smaller scale. Yeah, but uh, we were just two guys that really didn't know what we were doing, and that didn't work out. Um, but I, I will say, in the, in the the money that we invested in the time, I learned a lot about business. I was able to transfer that uh, skill set into sales, and... Uh, eventually found my way to Zillow, which is where you and I met. I was I was working at Zillow, selling uh, Premier Agent Ads to broker owners across the U.S. You were are a broker owner in the U.S., and that's how we cross paths. And I remember saying to you, and this was kind of the, the the funny joke to me was I was helping so many people make so many millions of dollars that I wasn't doing it for myself. And we were, we were just having a couple of libations, and you were like, "Well, if you feel you could do it, just do it." And that 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 was that conversation happened in October 2019. I went home, I thought about it, and I started the process of getting my license within a week or two after that. And by uh, March of 2020, in the midst of the pandemic, I actually left Zillow and pursued residential real estate uh, with a, a friend of mine and helped him uh, scale out to so grow his team. So you
1: left your, you know, we have a couple of drinks, I give a couple of suggestions, yeah. Thoughts, you know, thoughts, the things to think about. You quit your cushy Zillow job, cushy Zillow job, a, a nice six-figure salary. Yeah. yeah. And uh, would your would your would your family think about this this so, idea?
0: My wife's mega supportive. I, I I will say that I don't make a decision without consulting her first. Um, She's my my partner in crime. I, I I would always say this to anybody out there that's listening or willing to listen to me. Who you choose to spend the rest of your life, this was probably one of the most important decisions you will ever make. So for me, um, choosing my wife was a very selective process. I, I met my wife when I was a little older in life. A lot of people get married in their 20s. I got married in my mid-30s. Um, I really wasn't sure if marriage was for me or which way I was going, but I knew that if I met the right person, that would solidify it. And when I met her, I knew it. And what I'll say to this is, she didn't try to fix me. She didn't try to correct me. She didn't try to make me better. That was it was not what she was there. She was a companion. She was a friend. She was someone that I could run ideas off of that would hold me uh, critically responsible for things. So, we had this really great synergy of accountability. accountability. Yeah. yeah, and, and that's how I knew that in all these years of deciding I was this, like, New York playboy, right, that I decided that that wasn't for me anymore. Mm-hmm. That I needed to be with this woman because she was so remarkable and I knew that together we could start something amazing. I mean, not just our family, but in our lives. Right. So, she's, I mean, before I was at Zillow, I I was working in a job and kind of falling into old habits. She's the one that gave me that reality check. It was like, what are you doing? You could be doing better. Mm -hmm. You should be challenging yourself. You should be holding yourself to a higher standard. And that's the level of accountability she puts me under and which is amazing. And I do the same for people that I'm around. This wasn't taking my own advice, yeah. as, a, as a lot of people do. They just don't take their own advice. She doesn't let me slip. So
1: yeah, she, that's what my he, toes, man. Yeah, so she right, and that's what um, that's how we get better. That's right, how... because when we fall into sometimes a, a comfortable place, you know, I'm sure you were at Zillow, things were probably pretty comfortable,
0: and it was easy, honestly, to hit quota there. It was it was easy to to, to hit your numbers, and I say that because I and look, I, I don't I don't want to come off any type of way, but it is not easy for everyone. It was easy for me, it was easy for a few of us. And it's because we have this different mindset and and, and, and thought process, but in... in
1: you, you, you mean you put in the work?
0: We put in the work, right. Oh, okay. Uh, unapologetically, right. but, in the work, but in the work. Focused work. And yes. we, we were hitting our numbers easily, so it was cushy, but my wife supported my vision. We had boundaries. We, we said, if we're not at this number by this time, we're gonna uh, pivot, and... Or if I fall out of love with what I'm doing, I'm gonna make a pivot. But what I will say is this, I took the leap with her support. And my first year residential real estate was rough. Yes, it was COVID. That's not why it was rough. It was rough because I was doing something I never did before and I was learning. I was building the plane on the way so down.
1: Brand new agent, 2020, um, you know, for those of you, you know, March 2020, deciding to get into real estate in New York, which is on lockdown.
0: I, as they just locked everything down, yeah. And I thought my competitive advantage was I was operating on Zoom already, so I knew virtual markets. I was confident in my sales abilities and my sales skills. I felt that most agents didn't have sales process uh, to get behind, so I wanted to leverage sales process. I wanted to leverage virtuality. I wanted to leverage a lot of things that I knew most agents weren't equipped with. I didn't expect it so many people would have the same idea at the same exact time It would catch on as quick as it did. Okay. Um, so that was kind of a reality check for me. But what I will say is this. It was the greatest learning experience of my life because we spent a year in the mud just trying to figure out, it was me and this gentleman named John David Lennard who gave me this opportunity, and together we built an, an unbelievable structure um, and turned what was, at the time, Swainpool Ranked us as some, like, 84th, a small team in new york to to rising to like a number six spot in in the area, and that was unbelievable to go from a team that never eclipsed i don't know sixty deals a year to a team that now it would be unthinkable if they didn't hit over two hundred so and and I'm not talking about a major majorly large team I'm talking about twenty members right you know agent productivity of nine ten per person it's it's a, it's a, unbelievable what we were able to accomplish in such a short amount of time when you look back at it. And it was really because John David let me do what I had to do. He focused on what he had to do. We positioned ourselves around good people, listening to folks like you, listening to folks like Veronica Figueroa and Lori Finkelstein, and who were coached by John We We had a lot of advantages. We had a lot of advantages. And I will say that that was... One of the greatest things that we had, we leveraged our advantages, mm-hmm. and uh, we learned from it, and we rolled with it. That was exciting. Yeah.
1: So you, so you, you join the team. You start the kind of start the team with a partner. You you build it up from the eighty fourth in the top, yeah, you know, I guess top one hundred. We're yeah. eighty four to number six. Um, you were doing it. You were also having some life transformations at that time too. Yeah. Tell us a little bit of so what that was like. You, you, when, when, we, when we first met and what you look like now, it's yeah. different.
0: So the idea of leaving during COVID might scare a lot of people. Um, it's important to also say that I had a newborn child at the same exact time. So my wife signed up on this. We weren't just giving up income. We now had a family. And I gave up my health benefits to do this. Like, so it, it, it was a major risk, major risk. Yeah, and you weren't
1: and you were yeah. as healthy as you are now. Right,
0: and and, and when, when we met, I was 270 pounds. As you can tell now, um, I'm not a tall individual, which you maybe can't see in the camera or here on a podcast, but I'm not a tall man. Um, but if you see me in front of you now, I'm under 200 pounds now. And there, I lost 70 pounds, and it was just hard work, right? That's what I know. I know grit. I know tenacity and determination. I didn't get a surgery, not that I knock anyone for getting it. Um, for me, it was um, finding that I had access to an app called Peloton. I didn't buy the bike. I right. downloaded the app. It was like fifteen dollars a month. They were given a ninety-day free trial, and I, and I I'm not just sitting here plugging Peloton, but holy moly, it worked for me. Uh, I started by walking every day. Mm-hmm. Those walks turned into walk runs. Those walk runs turned into runs. Those runs turned into lower, Run. and lower and lower and lower and lifting weights and getting heavier and heavier and heavier. Now if I don't work out for the hour in the morning. I'm a horrible person to be around because I just craved that workout so much at 5:30 a.m. and uh, that that led me to get really fit. But the, the reason behind it wasn't just so I could get fit during COVID when everyone else was getting a uh, gaining weight or right? right. sitting at home. It wasn't so I could say "aha" to you. It, it it was really more because I just had a son. I grew up with a heavy set father, and my dad did the best he could with what he had. But what I will say is this, when you're unhealthy and I'm going to get deep with you right now, when you're unhealthy, it's it's not just that it's um, a lifestyle that restricts you from doing things like going fishing or uh, taking flights places or things like that. It doesn't just restrict you in those ways. It restricts you in the conversations that you can have because if you're living an unhealthy lifestyle, you can't articulate it in a way that makes sense. So that closes the communication loop between your child as well. So it's not that I just didn't get to partake in activities with my father. It's that I didn't get to have open communication with my father either, right? So there's a a duality there. You don't get to have that. I had my son. I said, man, I want to be able to share everything with him, and I want him to be able to share everything with me, Mm -hmm. right? And the way I figured out that I could do that was by not having secrets from him. And then and that one of the secrets being my fitness. If I'm fit, right, he will be fit. If I eat healthy, he will eat healthy. And if we do these things and there's nothing that we keep from each other, because there's nothing to keep, there's nothing too hot, there's no secret McDonald's eating's happening, we're gonna have a communication loop that's really strong and effective. So, I'm not naive. I know my son's gonna keep stuff for me when he gets older. That's the real talk. He's going to, because he's gonna his child he's gonna grow up and he's gonna hide things because there's rights and wrongs and boys. How old is he? Shit. How shit? Yeah. He's three years old. Three. Boys Let's do stupid yeah. stuff. I did stupid stuff. But it's going to create an environment where at least I know that we can have communication, that it's the opportunity for communication is there because there are no secrets. And by those habits, and like what well, you and I were talking about before, if I am creating great habits at home, he is inspired by those great habits. Like, I'll tell you a quick story that I I go to the gym every morning. So he knows I go to the gym every morning. And he says to me the other day, Daddy, I want to run every morning. And I'm like, yeah, you are gonna run every morning. Good for you. We're in Miami. Kid orders a veggie burger. He's three years old. But he's inspired by health. He's inspired by healthy eating. He's inspired by clean living. So what else is he gonna be inspired by? And again, I'm not gonna be a micromanager. I'm not gonna control the outcome in his life. But at least he has his options working for him.
1: Yeah, and you've set, and you've set him up for success, and it's not I, just like you set your agents up for success. And we were right. talking earlier the, about the the whole teacher learning more than the student. Right, him ordering the veggie burger means you definitely can't order the the, order the, the, the veg- crispy chicken fried chicken I, sandwich. I, I have
0: right. to, I have to order the veggie burger too, or something healthier. If if, if he sees me not run in the morning, I got to run in the morning because it's like I can't skip today's workout. You can't skip leg day when your son's thinking you're doing legs. And again, it's all about that communication loop. So you, I'm gonna go harder today because that inspired me. So you're right, it's circular. It's a circular. It's not linear. I, I think folks get into this thing of they think of like linear, and it's here goes here. No, it's a circle, man. It it, it, it it's 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 either a vicious cycle, or or or, or it's a cycle that perpetuates nope. growth. Right. Right. And and that's what I want to do. I want to perpetuate growth, and and not just in a in a physical sense, but in a mental sense as well. And that's what he holds me accountable to my actions yeah, by it, doing that.
1: And it sounds like you—he—he he got it from both of you, because your wife is your she's more accountable accountability like, partner. Yeah. And then, and then your son seeing that level of accountability, and then you guys are creating my the flow. also. Sack. And then you take that same concepts you you create make the agents accountable and you grow a successful real estate team
0: absolutely
1: so yeah, absolutely. so then what was, what was that transition like i mean you you it it sounds like you were you super so you started maybe the first year was there was rough you closed out over 200 plus transactions but then something what what happened that made you say you know what i want to i want to do something different again yet again
0: yeah so it it's i didn't love it i didn't love it we were we, i was getting good at it and it was exciting I didn't love it. So I had to make a determination. Am I in this for the money or am I in this because I love it? I'm not a financially motivated person. I love making money. I love making smart financial decisions. I'm someone that was way below my means, way below. So why do I have that mentality? I want to live a comfortable lifestyle. I want to retire at some point. I want to live a lifestyle where I don't have to worry about where and how my bills are getting paid. So I'm very financially I'm thoughtful, I mindfully eat, I mindfully exercise, I mindfully spent, right? It's kind of the theme of my life. So since I'm not financially motivated, I'm not inspired to necessarily make a million dollars a year, unless I I, I I absolutely love what I'm doing, I had to love it. And I looked at it and I tried to convince myself, if I stay here for another seven years, I'm gonna be making the most extraordinary money but Then it's seven years of doing something that I really don't want to do. I will say this: this conversation that I'm having with you is a conversation of privilege. That is a privileged thing to say, and I, and I don't want that to go unnoticed or unsaid, because most people are like, "Man, I wish I could just do what I love and not what I have to do to earn a living." Mm-hmm. I'm very privileged in that regard, and
1: but it, but that but that comes from sounds like and, and from our talk, us our past yeah. conversations the discipline in, in what you just said, too, of living beneath your means, because if you were, if everything was at the hilt, you know, you're making $10 a month, then you're spending $9.90 a month, you may not have had the privilege to be able to say, I'm gonna stop selling real estate. Right. Or even
0: I'm gonna leave Zillow in the first place. Right. it's it's it all comes down to optionality, right? And that's what we were saying before. I grew up in, uh, Stoward City, um, which is a part of East New York, here in New York City and Brooklyn specifically. Um, it's fairly low income. That's how I grew up. Not a lot of optionality growing up out of this zip code. Not a high graduation rate from high school in there. Um, a very high incarceration rate in that area. So I was able to transfer that into something way more remarkable. Um, and I'm not saying I'm unremarkable because I came from that area, but I didn't have a lot of advantages growing up there. When I had my son, we moved to an area of New York called Massapequa. Massapequa happens to be one of the more affluent zip codes in North America. We um, yeah, are bo- lucky to be born in America, lucky to be born in New York, lucky to be able to raise my child in Massapequa. That all gives us financial advantages that um, I wouldn't have had as a kid. So my son gets opportunity because he lives there. He gets opportunity because of the schools he goes to, the the friends he's going to make. It's not comfortable. It's this financial hardship there. So we have to mindfully spend. We have to to forego a lot of luxuries and pleasures that we would have. But here's the great thing. We're giving him optionality that he just wouldn't have otherwise. And now what he does with that optionality is completely up to him. You know, he could choose to do whatever he wants. And that's awesome. That's exciting. But at least the options were there. And it's the same... Yeah, those
1: opportunities, that's what we were talking yeah, about. Yeah,
0: it's the same with, you know, my career. It's I work my tail off, and I see things to their uh, fullest extent, to their completion, because I want to give myself the optionality to look back on it. Now, I'm not someone that won't kill an idea if it's terrible. If I see things are going... If I if I fail, I fail fast. Right. Right. But when I'm succeeding, I just don't like it. That's on me, man. I started something. I, I owe it to finish it. And that was a, a lesson that I have to say. Um, my parents weren't great at teaching that, right? And I love them dearly. and I love them uh, immensely. But they didn't have that built into them. They didn't build it into me. Again, they did the best they could with what they had. My wife... We all do. Right. My wife, on the other hand, she learned that young. You start something, you commit to something, you owe it to not just yourself, but to the people around you to finish it. You owe them. So when I left the real estate team, I told uh, Inside Real Estate, who already offered me a position, I'm going to need some time to make sure I leave everything in order. And they were nice enough to let me. Like, they didn't have to. They could have picked someone else for the job. But they liked me. They liked my mentality. And they said, we want that. We want that. And Brant, go ahead and finish it. Yeah, and, it's, and it shows character.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, so so they know you, yeah. they know the, the the grit, so they know that you're gonna get the results, but also that you're not gonna come and then some shiny new opportunity comes and then you're right. out. You want to finish what you started, and so um, that's
0: what you try to You You have to close that loop, right? It's all about closing loops, and and I think that so much of life is that. I I was in a relatively um, awkward um, argument with Apple. Over my, one of my Apple's uh, devices not working, and it was months and months and months long. Um, to be fair, this was my wife's phone, and they were giving her it was a problem the problem. You got this surprise, blood Surprise, surprise! Apple's full of problems. Yeah, go Android, quick. Uh, so we got so we got, we got this uh, rep. Her name is Taisha. On, and Taisha was not only the most remarkable rep I ever really spoke to, and I, I would hire her in a heartbeat if I had the opportunity. She stayed with my wife through the process, she checked in through the check ins points, and when it was all said and done, she insured it. She was there closing the loop. She made sure there was never a moment in that whole process that my wife felt like she didn't know what was going on. That That's it, right? That's it. That's closing the loop. You got to make sure things are completed in, in its entirety. You know what? A customer should not not know what's going on in a process. That loop should be closed. That's a lesson for salespeople. That's a lesson for That's a lesson for everybody out there. Don't leave people guessing. Close the loop. And that level of mentality is what attracted me to Inside Real Estate, Inside Real Estate to me, um, because that's, that's what they think. That's how I think. And customers appreciate it. Uh, it. It's just great to have. And I would say for my team members, I am instilling that in them, and that process in the way they think in my clients. I talk to them about it. Just think about it. At the end of the day, if you're circular in your communication, leaving nothing unsaid, and every single loop closed, there's no confusion. Now, there's no confusion. There may not be a happy customer, but I will tell you this: there's not an angry customer. Mm-hmm. It's someone that appreciates the work that you're putting in for them. And I do that with everything, every project, everything, every friendship. It has to be circular. It has to close. Because at the end of the day, if you don't have that, what do you have? you have an open circuit and you know if anyone knows anything about oh. electricity you have an open circuit you don't have yeah. you don't have light we need light in our lives yeah right? and that's where it all comes in that's the stunt.
1: so what what do you think is what do you think is is next now you're getting in your in your inside real estate career you know as the director of uh of of, of client uh, accounts yeah. and the merger what how do you how do you see this growing i mean you've got a lot uh, a lot in your plate right now i mean there's a lot but
0: what, what, I, what I see more than anything else well, is I, I, I see an unstoppable force, right? I see an unstoppable force in, 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 in a really great way. It, it's going to give so much power to the consumer um, beyond anything that they've ever thought before because they're going to have that optionality that they didn't have before. They're going to have a level of service they didn't have before. Uh, they have folks like myself behind the scenes, and I'm not just, the, I'm not the only person, you know. Yeah, I hope so. There, there, there's a lot of books yeah. that are like me that are um, on board that are thinking this way. You're going to see customer empowerment like you've never seen before. I will say this. Reasons that real estate agents are not successful in real estate comes down to three things and three things only. One, they don't know the sales process well enough. They don't know how to close deals. Right, That's what it is, number one. Number two, they're not providing producing enough top lead funnel growth meaning they're not bringing enough leads in the system, whether that's, doesn't have to be paid, doesn't have to be smear. it could be a combination. You need to generate 10 to 20 leads a month if you're going to be successful in this business. And number three, you've got to be making money. You have to make money. So I'm not necessarily one of those folks that believes you have to be full-time. You have to be full-time. I don't say that. I don't say that. I know that comes with some controversy, and we can get into that another time. Okay. But you need those three things. You need to be knowledgeable in the sales process not just for yourself but so you can guide your clients right right because if they don't know the sales process they won't work with you because they're scared
1: yeah fear, everyone once would prefer certainty right. over uncertainty fear
0: is is a great unmotivator right or a great motivator depending on how you look at it in this case when your client doesn't know how to sell their home or how to buy home they're going to back away so you have to know the process inside outside upside down inside, like every way possible so you can guide them So you have to be an expert on the process. The real estate exam does not teach you process. you got to have a mentor. I went to JD when I was in New York. The guy is brilliant, knows the process inside and out. If I was in DMV, I would have went to you because you know the process. You need a mentor, you need a good broker that really not only knows the process, but knows how to teach the process, right? So you got to learn that. Number two, don't think your friends and family members are going to buy from you because they're not, but you have to. Milk them for referrals. If you are not providing 10 new leads, 15 new leads every single month, you have no one to sell to. You're not providing top funnel growth. Otherwise, because hoping, wishing, wanting, and waiting, that a deal's gonna happen, it ain't. It's not gonna happen.
1: An electric company doesn't want hope as a payment.
0: No, they don't want hope as a payment. No one wants hope as a payment. You gotta go out and produce that lead. And number two, you gotta have money, right? Don't take it out on credit. Don't borrow money. You gotta bootstrap this thing, man. This is a small business. You gotta throw around nickels like they're manhole covers. It is not something that you can do. do you like that? Say that one more time? Hey, I got it with Scott Galloway. Throw around nickels like they're manhole covers. You gotta be cognizant of everything you're spending because same ain't free, right? You're gonna have to pay it back. When Uncle Sam comes down knocking at your door, you gotta be ready to pay, right? You're gonna either pay in money or you're gonna pay in time. And between me and you, I like sleeping in my own bed and I like sitting on a toilet seat with a cover on it. So I'm not playing that game with Uncle Sam. I want to make sure that I am paying my bills on time, that things are taken care of. If that means I got to drive an Uber, if that means I got to deliver food, guess what? I'm doing it. I'm making ends meet by any means possible within legal reasons. Um, I'm making sure that happens because money has to be coming in, has to, right. non-negotiable. And so, yeah, you're gonna be burning the candle on many ends here and it's rough and it's hard. That's why I'm saying like people. some people are like, You got to be a full-time agent. I will be a full-time agent. And I'll be a full-time Google driver. And I'll be a full-time bank teller. And a full-time dad. A full-time dad. Full-time husband. And a full-time, you know, lecturer at church. I'm going to be a full-time everything I do. Because when I'm focused on it, I'm going to do it 100%. 100% of the time. And you got to show up like that. And is it exhausting? Are you going to feel that burn? Yes. Talk about it. Exercise. Eat healthy. It helps. Right, All these things have to happen at once. they're all true at the same time, and you have to do that. and if you're not providing those leads to yourself, your business is gonna fail. So you need those three elements and if you're doing all three of those elements, you're gonna see massive success,
1: yeah, and I think the um you know putting in the work like you said, being full time at whatever it is, so even I, I I'll say to a part time agent, if you've got twenty hours a week, it needs to be a full twenty hours, not a half at. You know, look, yeah. watching watching videos of house tours is not moving your business no. forward. You know, you
0: gotta be strategic. I, I I love account like I love accountability. I love calendar management. Tom Ferry says this thing that I that I just eat up. It's not in your calendar. It doesn't exist. Therefore, it will not happen. Right. Right. And if I got 20 hours a week, I'm gonna block that in my calendar and I'm gonna make it happen. I'm gonna make it happen. I'm gonna figure it out. And if it's if it's uncertain, it's not good. So, I got to know when I'm prospecting, when I'm making my calls, and it has to be consistent. I have to know what my work schedule is like. I have to work my tail off, and I have to make that money at the time that I can. Exercise, I'm going to work out at the same time, every single day, no matter what. I'm going to put in time. Maybe I know I only have 30 minutes. I'm going to work out 30 minutes every single day. And my workouts, I don't always mean being intense. Sometimes it can be stretching. You got to take care of your body. You got to take care of your mind. You got to meditate. Take five minutes. It doesn't have to be a long, drawn-out thing. It be five minutes of just silent thought. It doesn't have to be crazy. You know, spend money uh, mindfully. Don't be crazy about it. If I know I don't need a new pair of shoes and I just got to put some polish on these old ones, I'm just going to put some polish. If I got to fix a hole in my shoe, I'm going to fix a hole in my shoe. Because at the end of the day, this money is going to fuel you to do what you want to do. It's going to... Money buys you back time.
1: Mm-hmm. That's
0: what it buys you back. It doesn't buy things, it buys time. And that's how I'm gonna leverage because I think of time in a multiplicities kind of viewpoint. What can I automate? What can I delegate? And then last but not least, what do I have to do? Right? That's some Rory Vaden. If you see his TED talk, he talks about that. And I love that. And I stole that. But that's how time multipliers thing. Time's not linear. You multiply that stuff. Yeah, by you know? leverage. So it's all about leverage. And if I can leverage my money to buy me back time, I'm gonna do that. I don't have time to do admin work. I just don't have it. I'm gonna hire an admin. I don't have time to call my leads because my schedule is... I'm going to use a company like Low Class and I'm going to have them nurture my leads or Verse. I'm going to have them nurture my leads. I, I I, don't have time to figure out who to call next. Yeah, I'm going to use the CRM, like KD Core. Right. Boom, so a shameless plug, right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that because it buys me back time. And then you think about the investment that you're putting in. It's no longer a spend. It's an investment. An investment. In yourself and your time. And I get... I get them back and I get to hang out with my son. Right. And play and play soccer in the yard. Are you kidding? Of course. Right. And take that any day. Right? That's that's where the money goes to. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think that a lot
1: of agents um try to figure out and a lot of people just in business think of what you know, what's the least I can do to and get by. But what's the least I what's the minimum I have to do to make a profit. And I always challenge folks to, you know, well, what's the most you can do right? and still make up? A-
0: what's the most? How you do something is how you do everything, right? So if you're half faceted here, you're half-asseted somewhere else. And then guess what you are? You're a half asser
1: Right, that's it.
0: Right? And, 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 and in this business and in life, I'm realizing, look, we're a great country, but we're also a very capitalist country, which means it's amazing to be wealthy, and it's equally ama- unamazing to be poor. It's actually extraordinarily harsh here if you're poor. If you're not making a certain amount of income, it, it, this is one of the harshest environments that you'll ever live in. But New York? Anywhere. Oh yeah. Okay. It's, 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 <laughs> you're, you're constantly reminded how poor you are. Yeah. Right. I remember wearing hand me downs on hand me downs on hand me downs, right? It is not fun. It is not fun, especially when you're walking around the streets of Manhattan people are driving around in cars that are worth more than your house. Right. So at the end of the day, you have to figure out a way to make it and and, and make yourself better. And you have to level that side of yourself up. So you just have to figure it out by by any means necessary. And what I would say to that is there is a way that you can't half step. There's no room for that here. And you've got to be all in all the time in everything you do. Because otherwise you're just half-assing your entire way through life. And guess what? When you when you die, right, Because we all get there eventually. Yeah. That's what we all have in common. Right? We're all gonna die. And I know that sounds morbid. Mm-hmm. But it actually let that be freeing. That there is a timeline, there is an end. And then there's the date that you're born, the date that you died. There's that little dash in between. That dash is where everything happened. That dash is where everything happened. And I want you to visualize what that dash means about you because the dash looks the same on everyone's tombstone. But what it means about you means a lot. Do you want that to be, this person half passed their way through life? Or you want this, that person did everything they can to be remarkable. And here's the opportunity they provided, not for themselves, because it's not about us, Right? This is lifestyle arbitrage here. Mm -hmm. Me and you were suburban men because we did that for our families, to give them that optionality and that playground and the this and the that. Lifestyle arbitrage, I gave it up so I could give them something else. That dash could say I gave all this opportunity in the world to all these people and made not just my life better, but everybody that touched me lives better. And that's remarkable. How you... It's. It's 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 the Martin Luther King saying, you know, that the question, I'm paraphrasing obviously, but the question you should ask yourself is, what can I do for others? And that that mentality should be everything. How can I create optionality in my life so I can create optionality in those? And what they do with it is on them, but let me at least give them the path.
1: Right, create those, help them, create those opportunities for them. 100%. That's a good stuff. Let me get, I got a quote of the day. Let me Let me find it here. All right. Humans are creatures of habit. If you quit when things get tough, it gets that much easier to quit the next time. On the other hand, if you force yourself to push through it, the grit begins to grow in you. Travis Bradbury. I love that. Uh, you got that grit. I love. Uh, it. Listen. So we're if we're a uh, somebody is a, a real estate solo agent or a team or a broker owner or um, you know or brokerage, independent brokerage or franchise brokerage, and they want to look into what KB Core and now. What Boomtown has to offer? They want to reach out to you. What's the best way to do it?
0: So, if they're interested in buying it, I wouldn't reach out to me. I would reach out to our sales team. Okay. And uh, when you're a client, um, you will fall under my book of business. They could reach out to me. I am I always make myself available. It's just my first initial, last name, B. Levine, at InsideRealEstate.com. Feel free to email me. I'm more than happy to answer questions. Okay. But, but as soon as you're a client... As soon as you're a client. So if we're not a client yet.
1: Don't reach out to you yet. Not yet. we we'll are a client. So we'll, Get on board. We'll either be Levine at InsideRealEstate.com after they're a client. After they're a client. But before then, reach out to sales.
0: Yeah. And if, if they're just interested in hearing some of the crazy stuff that comes out of my mouth, they can follow me on LinkedIn. That's P-R-A-N-C Levine. I'll wait. And I post almost every day. Okay. And uh, I'm always saying something that's on my mind. And it's sometimes unfiltered thought. But... It, I'm not trying to censor myself. Okay. Yeah.
1: Brandon Levine on LinkedIn. That's it. All right, sounds good, man. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. Thanks.